I'm Dr. Kimberly Manning. And this is Dr. Ashley McMullen. And you're listening to the Human Doctor Podcast, where we explore the human side of medicine, along with teaching, living, learning, and all things in between. Using the power of storytelling, conversation, and connectedness. Hey, we're two dope academic internal medicine doctors, but we ain't your doctors. So if you perceive anything we say here as medical advice, no, it ain't that. Also, the things we say, they only reflect our brilliant black woman magic mind and not our employers. You could have been anywhere, y'all, but you chose to be here with us and we appreciate you. Let's Let's go. go. So how you doing today? Um, I'm doing well. I mean, full disclosure, I already discussed, I got into, (laughs) you know a car wreck this morning although wreck is a strong word you know it fender, was fender bender fender bender seems more appropriate um it was an individual who had ran a light jumped in front of my car got hit but you know the after the initial frustration i realized how lucky i am that both of us were fine um the driver was very pleasant um you know, we exchange information, insurance is taken care of everything. So we're good. Well, that's good. Cause I have a, um, my running partner actually in the rain last week got rear ended and the person put that thing in reverse, pulled around and rolled out <laughs> and rolled out fast enough where, you know, it was raining and it was kind of like just bad weather day. Hmm. The person got away. She never like got their information, nothing. Damn. Yeah, wow. that's ugly. So yeah, people are people are wild, <sighs> man. But you know, to each his own. I'm just yeah grateful that my situation worked out okay. I know this wow. is another heavy news cycle day, so worse things are happening in the world right now. Yes, worse things are happening in the world right now. But you know, I, I do like to acknowledge that there's always something worse happening somewhere in the world, right? Mm-hmm. But it's okay to acknowledge what you're feeling and mm-hmm. not have to trivialize how you feel. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. No. No, I, I shed my tears of frustration earlier and I feel yeah. like I, you know, I got through it. Cause that's your new load. You know, you got a, you had a new whip. Yeah. 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 Somebody done hit your new whip girl. I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. But I feel you girl. I feel you. I'm glad you're okay. Mm-hmm. I'm glad Mahalia is okay. What's, she, yeah. what's going on with her today? I, I'm trying to figure this out. This is a different look. <laughs> yeah. Now she's twisted up and, and oh, pulled okay. back. Yeah. So okay. I guess she's just getting long. So she's just doing all kind of things. huh? It's true. You know, these wash days are becoming real legit wash days. <laughs> so I appreciate the length, but my arms is tired. Oh, Lord. Yeah. yeah that yeah. sounds rough. You know what? I'm I'm tired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am I am tired today can I just say that I'm saying that out loud for the people who are listening you know how like I I seem chipper all the time I am still chipper but I am tired Mm. I am cognitively and emotionally tired today I have been on the hospital service I am on my 13th day in a row and you know I absolutely love it but but it just a lot of people that are hurting and when people are hurting, sometimes they are just various levels of nice and mean. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, so I was just kind of tired today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Well, so I'm just, I'm just, it makes you feel better sometimes to just call stuff what it is, you know? Yes. No. Nah. Don't you think? I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. Why do we have to pretend? Why do we have to pretend? You know, I've told you this before, but um, when my sister passed away, I remember one of the most absolute comforting phone calls I got was this girl that I, that was a friend of mine that called me and she was like, yo, is it true? And I was like, uh, Deanna died. I was like, uh, she said, damn, that's fucked up. <laughs> and she kept saying it over and over. Listen, I'm sorry if you watch listening to this podcast with your child in the car and I dropped the F-bomb, but I had to say it like that. And the thing is the fact that she kept saying it, that's exactly what it was. It was effed up that my mm. sister had had a sudden cardiac death and and I just, I don't know, there was something about her, her honesty that comforted me. <laughs> so you know what? That person hitting your car, that's effed up. Yeah. Yeah, it was. <laughs> this evening is the day where we're going to call everything like it is. That's right. We're just going to call it like it is. It does not, everything does not have to be perfect. It just mm. doesn't. Well, as, as perfect models of imperfection. That's right, baby. That is how we roll. That is how we all the way roll. And I am not mad at it. Well, without further ado on this imperfect night of recording, (laughs) I am so grateful that Dr. Manning is about to be gracing us with a story. And I just get to sit back and chill. Well, sis, what is the what? The what is still. Still. Like S-T-I-L-L? Like S-T-I-L-L. Okay. Still. As in be still and know. Just Mm. be still. I would like to be still the rest of this week. Yeah. I know that's right. That sounds like a good thing to do. Yeah. And after I get off wards tomorrow, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be still. But anyway, I digress. (laughs) Okay. So this is both something that happened a while ago and something that has happened to me a few times in the last two weeks um, since I've been on the hospital service. I'm going to go back to when I originally sort of learned this um, as, a, as a pattern and, and an experience by telling you a story about a patient that I was taking care of one day who was a person who wanted something from us in the hospital mm-hmm. that they weren't going to get. So this was probably maybe about seven or eight years ago, I was on the hospital service and there was a patient who had been admitted to our service who had been given some really inappropriate amounts of narcotic pain medicine by somebody out in the community. And as has happened many times over, this patient, like many people, got cut off by that doctor for whatever reason and found themselves looking to get the pain medication that they used to get. And by the time I saw this patient, they had had kind of cut down some on the opiates, but was still really, really trying hard to get get more. Um, So it wasn't like floored withdrawal. It wasn't a person who was injecting any sort of opiate, but it was a situation where this person had a lot of interval acute encounters through the emergency department. You could just see it all through the electronic medical record. And somehow the person had been admitted to the hospital. 
And you could just see from reading the notes that the can had just been kicked, right? The person came in, um, it would be a really difficult encounter, and they would just give them a few more. And they would come back, and they would just get a few more. And then um, finally, something happened where the person got hospitalized, and I was the attending physician that was receiving the patient. So my team presents the patient to me, and um, as they're presenting the patient, they're just like, probably the easiest thing to do is just give them about a seven-day supply so that we can connect them with pain clinic. And I said, you know what? Our pain clinic is run by anesthesiologists, and those anesthesiologists do regional blocks, and they do you know, epidural injections, and they do all sorts of things. But one of the things that they are not looking to do any more than us is to have somebody standing in front of them, asking them to write inappropriate amounts of narcotic for something that isn't like really a clearly objective problem. So I don't think that's fair for us to just kick the can again with seven days of Percocet or whatever um, for this person to go and see uh, our anesthesiology colleagues. So my team is just kind of standing there staring at me and they're like, well, what do, what do we do? And I said, you know, I really think we just are going to have to to be honest with this patient. And my, my resident asks me, well, what do you think is going to happen? Because this patient has gotten very angry with people. It's been really bad. I mean, from the notes that I've read, Dr. Manning, I just, I don't know. And I kind of stood there and thought for a few moments, like, what, what have I seen happen to me in the past? Where's the breaking point? Where's the point that somebody breaks me down usually? And I realize that it is usually when I am accused of not caring, mm. particularly when I have racial concordance with the patient. If you say I don't care and that I'm letting down my people, that is usually like a space where I start to kind of get a little bit weak. But before I went into the room, I thought, I, thought, I don't know if this person's going to say this to me or not, but you know, if they do, let me remember who I am. And I think what I'm going to try to do is just be still and wait and see if I can get through it. So I get in the room and um, sure enough, I start talking to the patient. And the first thing that happens is that the patient sees me and it's like, oh, I'm so, so glad you are here. Oh my gosh. Nobody has understood me. I finally have a black doctor. I've been waiting for somebody black to come. And I realized that this was familiar to me. Mm. Like, I have had people say this to me before and I said, well, I realized that was actually a breaking point sometimes too, because here I am, the person who's finally here to help you, right? So I look and I say, you know, um, well, I'm really glad to be here to take care of you too, but I'm not going to be able to give you any Percocet today. Mm -hmm. So then that goes on for a little while. And then the next wave that comes is that the patient moves to sorrow and despair. Mm please, no, please. I need you to help me. Nobody understands me. Nobody believes me. All of these white people, they keep looking at me like I'm an addict and I just, please, what can you do? Please help me. And that I realized makes me feel sad inside and, and, and kind of makes me kind of feel like I'm a breakdown. But again, I know that the easy wrong is to give you seven more pills. Yep. The hard right is for me to be still and really like love you through this, mm. right? So no, I'm not going to be able to give you Percocet today, but you know, I, I, I do want to hear you out. I do want to try to see what we can do to try to get you back in care and do some things to support you. So after despair, it then moves into anger. Mm. And the anger piece is really the place where I really have to start stealing myself. So I'm like, okay, okay, come on. 
you should be ashamed of yourself. You know, all of these people come up in here and they treat us bad. And you, it's always the black doctor. Like, it's crazy how you can come up in Grady and the main person that treats you the worst of all is the people that look like you. You, the black people be the main ones. It's like, you know, black people like you expect them to give you something else or, or treat you some type of way and they treat you worse than anybody else. And, you know, I should have known when I saw you walk in here, I looked at you and I was like, you know what? She going to be one of those ones that's performing for these white folks and blah, blah, blah. All that stinks so bad because the first thing you want to do is start defending yourself, you know, um, and then you get into an argument. And so this person was cutting me all the way down to the white meat, like that, the kind of slice where they cut you and you just look and you just see your, <laughs> your tissue underneath and then it's bleeding. You like, dang, I didn't even know that happened. That kind of, that cut, yeah. cut me deep. But I decided before I had come in that room that I knew that that was not true about me. I knew mm -hmm. that wasn't true. I know that you being really, 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 really happy to see me finally, that probably isn't that much about me. The despair, that's probably also not about me. And then you trying to shame me, that's really not about me either. So I have to decide for myself what is true about me and what is not. Now, sometimes what is true about me is that I'm tired and that I may be operating under bias, right? So I do have to take a few moments to say, all right, I have to make sure I'm not on a biased landmine and that I'm not in a space where this person is not getting the best of me because I'm so tired. But once I kind of clear that out of the way and get my mind right, I'm like, okay, no, I do care. I'm here. And I realized something that day that if I can get through that hard part and I stand still, on the other side of the complicated is something so beautiful, so special, and so like uniquely different that a lot of people never get to the point of seeing because they leave or they mm -hmm. get uncomfortable or they take the easy wrong before they get to it. And that is when the person realizes that you actually give a damn about them. Wow. And that the reason why you are not doing this thing that they are asking you to do is because you care. So that day I sat still and waited. And finally I said, look, somebody did you wrong when they wrote you all that medication. And I, I, I can't do that for you. I can sit here with you and talk to you. I can come up with some solutions to support you, but I can't write you this medication. It's wrong. It's not the right thing to do. And if I didn't care about you, I would definitely not be sitting in here with you for 40 minutes talking about this. I would be somewhere on the other side of a computer cutting off your medications without even facing you. Mm. And then the patient started crying and we started talking and started talking about what it's like to kind of go through this all the time and hugging and it was okay. Wow. Ash, this has probably happened to me no less than probably 50 to 75 times since I have been a medical doctor at Grady Hospital. And it is the same path. It is, I'm glad to see you. Please help me. You suck, you horrible. How could you do this to your people? And if I can get through that part, it is a beautiful, like almost like a, just a, I don't know, like a burst of light that comes through. Mm. And this happened to me over the weekend. And I was with my resident at the time. And you could just tell as we were walking down the hall to go see the patient together, he looked so reluctant, like, oh my God, this is about to be painful. And I didn't even make any announcement or anything. I just knew that my plan, 
He's like, do you have any particular thing you're going to do? I was like, yes, I'm going to be still. Mm. That is my plan. The plan is to be still and to, and to wait it out. And I tell you, it was exactly like clockwork. And in the end, this patient was holding my hands. We were crying. We even cracked a few jokes. We were laughing. And then my resident, when we got outside the room, he was like, I have never seen anything like that. And I was like, you know what? I have. And I don't think it's because I'm a black woman. I think it's just because I waited. I just waited. And there are so many people who are in settings like the one that we have at Grady or that you have at the VA where they have been crapped on so hard and people have lacked patience with them for so long that when they actually have somebody who just sits with them and stays and doesn't abandon them or that they don't run off, it is like shocking. Wow. So I've unfortunately experienced that a few times in the last couple of weeks. And though it is a beautiful thing when people get to the other side of it, it's still tiring emotionally because you have to actually withstand some abuse to get to that side. There's a piece of me that's like, well, what about my wellness? Shouldn't I just be able to just stand up and walk out of the room and be like, I'm not dealing with this. Yeah. But then if not me, who, who is going to give a damn about you? Cause it probably isn't some, even anybody in your family right now that's doing that for you. Yeah. So yeah, I'm just thinking about the power of what happens when we are still Mm -hmm. and the narrative that we tell ourselves um, about who we are. Yeah. You know, I think what I feel is that we're often operating under this constant sense of there's just not time for anything yeah. other than sitting in front of the computer. But, you know, it just seems like you framed part of like your, your exact plan, like your plan of action for this patient was to literally just sit still with them yep. and work through, you know, your own emotions and, you know, being able to, I don't know, brace yourself like on the foundation of knowing exactly who you are. I don't know. I just like, (laughs) I wonder like how long did it take you to like get to that place? Cause I find this like to be a really, a real struggle, um, you know, when it comes to, to patients who, you know, say or implicate things about me that I know deep down aren't true, but it's still hard to, to withstand. Um, you know what? I think like a lot of people that are listening, I um, struggle every day with some aspect of the imposter syndrome, right? Or whatever you decide to call it this week, because <laughs> people call it different stuff. But one thing that, that you cannot tell me um, about myself that isn't true is that I don't care about yeah. people. There's a song by Kenny Loggins, um, This Is It, and he has this line in it where he just keeps saying, no one can tell you what you know. Yeah. And um, I... I know, I know I care. And I even tell myself sometimes when I'm walking in the hospital, I'm like, you know, I may not know all the guidelines by heart. I may not be the person who knows which studies were inconclusive or understands all the acronyms for all of the cardiac studies and all that stuff. But you will not outcare me. Mm. You will not outgive a shit over me. You will not. Um, you won't. You won't, especially not with this population. 
And I I know that is true about me. I know I care. Mm -hmm. So when I have to stand still on that as a truth, you know, we we make biblical references all the time here. You know, whether you're a person who follows organized religion or not, that scripture that says, be still and know. I think anybody listening, you have to be still and like know who you are. And I know who I am is somebody that cares. I know, I know that. So you can, you can come for everything else about me. Mm. You can come for whatever it is. You can be like, oh, you know what? You do pattern recognition with EKGs and you don't know vectors. That is true. <laughs> that, that is, that is true. Yeah. But if you're like, you don't care about black people, mm. you don't care about people. You don't care if I'm hurting. You don't care that I don't have anywhere to go. You don't care that I don't have a way to pay for my medicine. If this was your family, because this is what this person said the other day, if this was your family, it would be different. You would, you would be, you would be doing more if it was your family. Mm-hmm. And because I was being still and letting them just talk and go off on me, I was like, in my head, I was like, that is not true. Yeah. That is not, that is not true. Mm. Matter of fact, sometimes y'all get more than somebody in my family would get. Mm. Because they got more resources and a little bit more of, of a soft place to land. Yeah. And I don't even tell you it's not true. I just let you know I'm not receiving that. So I'm just, you're not ruffling. You're not, you're not ruffling my feathers. Not on that. Deflecting all of that. No. I love it. Yep. Yeah. There's no need for defensiveness or resentments or avoidance. It's just simply being still and knowing exactly like you said, who you are and what you're about. And- you don't have to be perfect. Yeah. Like if somebody thinks that I'm just some Zen physician in a safety net hospital where I'm always like, um, <laughs> I can handle all the things like, no, nah, that's, that's not true. I'm still human. And so yeah. I have my moments, but I, I try to think about what is the goal here. Mm. And my goal here is for you to be better off than when you got here. It might take you some time to know that, that you're better off, but I've also had the great experience of having somebody that I said no to mm. come back and tell me. Wow. Um, yeah. Oh, man. And that is that right there. That'll break you wide open. You will be like, man, listen, I'm, I'm I, sometimes we get it right. Somebody yeah. will come in and they'll be like, you know what? That day that you told me this right here, like, wow, I, I left out of here hating you. But you kept it 100 with me, and I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Man, sis, you never disappoint. Yeah, girl, but people are hurting. Yeah. And when people are hurting, they try to hurt you. But those hurt people, they did not sign up to take care of me. Yeah. They didn't. And I, and I know we talk a lot about wellness. I, Lord knows we do, and wellness is so important. But we signed up to take care of vulnerable people. Yeah. And they didn't sign up to be sick. They did not. I have to remind myself of that. So I'm just looking for the balance constantly of like, okay, yo, where's the space where I am going to be okay. (laughs) And I can see about you. Yeah. I'm looking for it, man. So if you find it, you know, shoot me a text and tell me. I was about to ask you the same thing. Just let me know (laughs) when you you stumble across that. Yeah, yeah. Shoot me a text and let me know where it is. <laughs> well, I, I'll, I'll just end on a, like a really high note because I know that was like kind of heavy. 
Mm-hmm. One of the ways to also like just fill your cup is to to recognize that you're not the only person who can do things. There are people around you who can do things and who can offer you a little space to fill your cup real quick. So I was on my way to get ready to go around this weekend. My sorority chapter had a prayer breakfast that I was about to miss that I really kind of wanted to go to. And I called my resident and he was like, you know, we haven't gotten any admissions and things are really tucked in here. He's like, you should go to your sorority thing, Dr. Manning. (laughs) He's like, whatever that is, go to that. And I went for like two hours to this prayer breakfast, totally underdressed in like a hospital fleece. You know how those fleeces look. Everybody got on hats, like church outfits, like for real. And here I come in with this like Emory fleece on and a health equity button on my chest. And I filled my cup and I felt so great. Mm. And then I went to work and I was in a space where I could, I could, I could steal myself. Yeah. So the other piece is find little ways to fill your cup. And it doesn't Mm. always have to take as long as you think. Amen to that. Because you need that to be able to be still. For sure. Well, I hope you and your car get into a better space. And I hope anybody here listening who isn't sure who they are, that they take an inventory of at least one thing about them that they know is true. Mm-hmm. That's positive. Yes, absolutely. And for, for, for me, it is that I care. Yeah. What is it for you? I am deeply empathic and compassionate. I would co-sign that. Yeah. Yeah. And you got skills with natural hair. That was actually the first thing that came to mind. I was like, well, I'm really good at <laughs> twist outs, but I don't know if that's what we're going for here. It depends um, on who you ask him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, oh, so. Lord. All right, sis. Holla. That wraps up this week's episode of the Human Doctor Podcast. Special thanks to our favorite brother gastroenterologist, Dr. Chuma Obiname for the beats. Shout out to the Dr. Ashley McMullen for editing and production. Mad love to our podcast family at The Nocturnist and The Clinical Problem Solvers, our med Twitter fam. And especially shout out to all of you, our listeners. Until next week, remember, we see you and you are enough. Holla! Holla.